All right, so uh, I'm here with two of my peeps from the 5 2 Academy uh, Bible study that we do, and we are talking in the context of Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1. And honestly, we're talking a little bit about vision and getting a vision for your life. And so, one of the things that happens in that verse is it talks about the watchman saying, I'm going to deal with this complaint. And so, we were talking about, like, hey, what are you complaining about today, right? Uh, I talked about how I felt like there's lack of respect for Christian hip hop pioneers, and I felt like people just give Kanye all this lauded praise that Christian hip hop artists have been doing for like a thousand years, maybe not that long, but, um, and so then you were sharing, we started actually talking about uh, Anna Marie music, <laughs> she was feeling a little bit discouraged based on a conversation that someone had said with her about challenges of being a female and doing Christian hip hop, and so do you mind just re re repeating what you had said that the guy had said? Yeah, so he was basically just saying how it's very rare for a woman in rap to actually, quote, like, make it and be successful in it. So we were kind of springboarding on that by saying, what does it even mean to make it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so obviously maybe the default thing would be, you've got a record deal. Right. Hooray, and you're touring the nation. A 360 deal. And... It's a funny, obviously this is audio, so you can't see the eye rolls that are happening <laughs> currently, but I think we all kind of agree that even having a record deal isn't necessarily making it anymore. But you were talking about uh, the prevalence or how you feel there is an upspike in female rappers, yeah. and you were saying about, what's her name again? Uh, there's there's a few Megan OMG OMG Wandy. Oh yeah, Wande. Yeah yeah. She's Wande. I don't know how to say her name. Sorry. But she's awesome. <laughs> okay, there you go. And I said he's mansplaining because he's telling Anna that she's fine. I'm not. I'm not saying she's fine. I'm saying. So stop complaining. As a man, I would like to tell you that you, as a female, are just fine. I'm saying now you have more opportunity than previously because of the conversation being open. You still have to work yeah, for it. But let's talk about the pay gap, okay? 78 cents on a dollar. Um, <laughs> sell merch. <laughs> and do shows. Do live shows. Don't and Female rappers are getting paid less than male rappers. How do you feel about this? Exactly. You have nothing to say. Let's talk to the woman. I'm joking. I'm totally off. The, I'm off the rails here. Oh um, you were just saying how that you feel there is take full things are doing things are going better. I I think things are going better, but I still think that for the most part, I I think there's probably unfortunately I feel we're at a point where the conversation is being opened up a little bit more, but I also think as unfortunate as it, as it is. I guess, well, this is true with any artist, but women are in a stage right now with their rap that they kind of have to prove themselves, where it sucks that, I mean, it kind of stinks that you have to be like, oh, you you better be really, really but isn't But isn't every rapper have to prove themselves? Yeah, every rapper has to prove themselves, but I think because of the stigma, I think because of the, the mindset that we've previously been in, women have to put in a, just a little bit more to be noticed, but with the conversation being opened up we're now giving them a little bit more of a chance I think previously it was kind of an unfair swing towards men like women didn't really have a chance in the game 
Okay. So as a female formerly spoken word artist, now slash rapper, what what are some things that you felt like you've had to prove yourself about? Just being able to do it and trans the transition and everything. Spoken word gave me the platform and now like God has branched me out into this area and I wanna grow in it, but it's hard to like stay positive when everyone around not everyone, but people around you are like talking negative to you towards it and trying to put you down and discourage Like what would they say? Just like with the conversation that I had, like, oh you're a girl, most girls don't make it or you have to be like really really good or really different, unique to actually be able to get noticed. And one thing I find that's interesting is that obviously in the mainstream, I mean, it's all about the sex appeal. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, the the sex aspect is sold hand in hand with the music, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not doing what Cardi B's doing, right. for example. So it takes you have to actually prove yourself more right. than mainstream yeah. artists would. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing that you're expected to be feminine and masculine. Same time. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you can't really be feminine, and you can't be really masculine. You know what I'm saying? Like. A guy can be as masculine as he wants in his music, and he's going to find a, an audience. Right. And his audience could be female and male, because there would be females that want that heavy masculine energy, and males that go, yeah, that's a guy that I want to, you know, follow after. Yeah. That, I mean... And even though people can't see you, you're obviously... Uh, a little melanin challenged. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I don't mean she's a vampire. She doesn't burst. My bur- rap name is Casper. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't burst into flames upon sight of the sun. No. But you know, we could we could write a laundry list of things that are things that you would have to overcome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But also, in a weird way, those could be your strengths. Yeah, being the underdog. Yeah, I was homeschooled, I'm white, I'm from Cape Coral, I'm a woman, I'm a Christian. Like, the list just goes on and on. But also you could say that somewhere out there in all of America or the world is someone that's the exact same. Mm -hmm. That's looking for a voice or a representative or X, Y, Z. You know, that is the one thing that is the beautiful thing of the music industry right now is the playing field is kind of level, you know. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Do you agree? That the playing field's level between... Yeah, I mean, the playing field's level to an extent. Maybe more than it's ever been. Yeah, I would say more Yeah, more so now. I, I mean, ultimately, it does go back to when we were talking about proving yourself. Everyone does have to prove yourself, essentially. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say it's being open up to everyone has more of an opportunity now than before but I still think I still think that there are a lot of mindsets like if you say this person's a female artist people are like eh, they're still they're still kind of questioning it if but you know it's almost like the same face that you might make if someone go oh she's a female pastor <laughs> yeah boom mic drop walk away because <laughs> I mean if 
doctrinally, there's denominations that would be like, you can't even say anything. Right. As a female pastor. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or let's say maybe you are in an open-minded doc, doc, doctrine, open-minded denomination. You're still going to have that stigma of, it's almost really similar to the female rapper problem. Because as a female pastor addressing a diverse congregation, you're going to have to be feminine slash masculine slash... It's, it's almost like we're all running... We're all lining up to run a race. We're all running... We're all getting ready to run a lap around the track. But we keep making certain people go, yeah, take another five steps back. Yeah, yeah. Take another five steps back. So I think the beauty of this is these are all valid complaints... Um, and in light of Habakkuk 2.1, you know, it's like the watchman, Habakkuk, 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 brings all these complaints to God. You know, he's like, I'm going to go do my job. I'm going to go be the watchman. But yo, like, what the heck? What am I supposed to do here? You know? So, what's your complaint, by the way? Oh, man. Come on. It's not often... <laughs> Maybe you're just too positive of a person, Steven. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I have more, uh, I don't, I don't know if I have any, like, complaints towards music in general. Well, just frustration. Like, what are you frustrated with right now? I guess I, something that can get really frustrating is, uh, looking, when I look at the climate of trying to get into music, it can really feel impossible to... Uh, get above the noise of it. <laughs> Perfect timing with the baby crying in, in the background. Um, it's kind of a metaphor if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to share your voice. Yeah. And everyone else is going. Yeah. To drown you out. And even it, and just looking at like what it takes to establish a fan base, and it it, it does go back to where do I look at my success like what what is my success what do I look at as making it and I think that's still something that I'm figuring out um, because I love music and I love poetry and I, I love creating and I think when I start to make it more about a business and trying to see it as some sort of financial income then it it takes a little bit of the joy out of it and it takes um some of my creativity away takes some of my right because you might be going oh I'll do this song then you're like well I don't know if people will like it I don't know if it will reach people but I mean there's there's songs that I've made that are strictly it's something that I've felt so deeply within myself or a spoken word that I make and it's so deeply within myself and I'm like if anything else this is for me and I like creating that but then I have this question of like oh do I want to try to monetize this are people going to respond to it in the way that I want them to? Is this only going to be like for two people? And is it going to be a waste of time to put all the effort into making it a polished product? You are seven questions into analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Or paralysis by analysis. Yes. Have you ever suffered from analysis paralysis? Just like, yeah. Huh? I think every artist does. Every artist does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you talk yourself onto the ledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't even out there. Yeah, yeah. You're like, nobody likes me. I'm going to totally jump. No, we like you. No, I'm totally out the window. 
Yeah. You never want to try, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if it even is for that one person, that could change that one person's life, and then that one person can go reach a million people. Right, and that's and that's where you have to kind of see your your work or your if it is your ministry, if music is your ministry, you kind of have to see where your values are in it because it's really easy to get into the mindset of like, man, I want to be this really dope artist that's selling tons of records getting really like huge spread on your coverage and everything and every in in your fan base and all that but um sometimes it's hard to be like get in the mindset of this might just reach that one person that goes on to do greater things which is okay but it's like as a person with pride you're like yeah you kind of you kind of want it for yourself you kind of want to be that person that makes the wave so the thing that I took away from that verse is when you're in the complaining stage, when you're in the stage of frustration, sometimes the only real thing you can do is just go to your job. Mm-hmm. Like, just get in the... Like, when you don't know what to do, just do something. Right. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you just kind of sit there and stew in your own juices and, you know, talk yourself onto the ledge artistically. Um so I'll probably just end it with this I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective because obviously you guys are younger you're a younger generation uh, you're in your 20s because I threw, I threw the question out onto my Facebook and my social media I said hey you know why is it Sugar Hill Gang and Furious Five and these really old school groups I mean they're certainly before my generation they're not the music that I came into I went there more out of like, I felt like I was going to a museum. You know what I mean? Like it was like seeing a piece of, I'm literally seeing a piece of history like on stage from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, that was my incentive. Um, if someone said to you, hey, the Sugar Hill Gang was coming, what would your response be? Who are they? <laughs> I'd be like, cool. Um, you can go to that. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's zero incentive for you to want to go, right? Well, one, your incentive is like, you just don't have a frame of reference for it, right? Yeah. Now, you might know hip-hop, hippie to the hippie to the hip, hip-hop, and you don't stop. You know that song, right? Okay, so you know the song. You just don't know the artist. Now, if someone said, oh, I'll buy you a ticket, would you go? Ah, she's even waffling on that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. If, if there's wants. nothing else on TV. <laughs> it's okay to be honest. You don't have to feel bad. It's kind of like going, do you want to go to the dinosaur museum? I'll say this. It depends on who I'm with, too. That's cool. Yeah. If someone bought me a ticket, I would absolutely. You would go. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe for you, it's more of a financial. It's, it's, I don't, in my mind, I don't, so I, I never listened to Sugar Hill Gang ever. So I have not made any financial investment into right. them. Which means there's no emotional investment. Which means that, yeah, there's no emotional investment. But if someone's like, yo, like I've gone to hockey games that I care nothing about sure. the hockey team. But I'm like, you know what, if someone wants to. Bless me, pay for my ticket, bring yeah. me along. I get I get their company, and then I get a chance to see if I, for free, like these people. Got it. Or you get to see a fight break out. <laughs> True. <laughs> at, at the, the very least, physical. <laughs> that happened to me. Well, it's funny you say that because the show itself, like, I don't. I've only been. To, well, I've been to. I've been doing a lot of concerts, but. I generally shy away from rap shows because I know it's going to be a lot of weed, yeah. you know, a lot of drunk people, p- potential of violence, you know what I mean? Like, and even back in the day, all the opening, when I would do openings, you know, there was always that fear of like, someone's going to throw blows and this thing's going to get canceled. Yeah. The Sugar Hill Gang show was so 
peaceful. Like, not in the sense of, like, it was a Grateful Dead concert. Like, people were stoned out of their mind. I don't mean, like, it wasn't like, yeah, man, vibes, bro. No, it was more like, they even said from the stage, like, tonight, it's all about having fun and the beauty of hip-hop. And they were like, we're not going to be... And then he, he actually said, we're not going to be talking about shooting people. Like, he made it a point in his presentation to, to say... Yeah, and even ended it with saying, like, this music is for everybody. It doesn't matter your race, creed, religion, da-da-da-da. We're all going to have a good time. And I thought that was a very interesting thing because you don't hear that in hip-hop anymore, yeah. right? And maybe that was the spirit of the artistry that he came from. Mm. The other thing I noticed from the show was their showmanship level was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Like, they did outfit changes. There was tons of call and response. Um, and granted, these guys are all over 60, right? I'm like, they are somebody's grandfather. You're already shaking your head. That's so cool, though. I would love They're to see my dad. They're all over yeah. 60. They're all over 60. Now, granted, were they moving as much as, like, nope. a little pump or, like, you know. They were pretty mobile in your... They were moving adequately for their yeah, age. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the guys was, like, shredded. Like, he looked like a bodybuilder. The point of what I'm trying to say is they put... You could see they put in a lot of time and effort right, right. that is so lacking in hip-hop now. You know, guys will roll up with their phone, they have their full song, they yeah. just hit play. And then half the time they're doing half of their lyrics, they're rapping over the full track. They put zero effort, so much laziness. Whereas these guys, you like my wife, who knows her music, but she's not like a massive hip-hop fan. She's like, I love their outfits. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're such a girl. But I, but it was interesting because that you could tell they took time into their presentation on every level, yeah, even yeah. down to their DJ and the way that he did their music, even down. Sitting now, in granted, his chair. sitting in his chair, the DJ was sitting in. His, that was the only indication of age was the DJ did have a chair <laughs> that he used. He didn't start in the chair, thank God. Anyway, he lasted as long as he could on his feet. <laughs> he lasted as long as he could. I just thought, have we lost something in hip hop of the showmanship? Now, granted, they probably came from an era where it was all about the showmanship. It wasn't about the recorded music. They had to have a phenomenal live show. And granted, they've been doing it for 40-plus years. They should be good at what they're doing. But I'm saying, with all the level of quality that they put into it, you two sweet millennials right now who are like, eh. <laughs> eh. 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 <laughs> Which I'm not even saying, here, have a guilt sandwich over that. I'm yeah, saying... No. I, I was saying, so granted, they could only get 200, 300 people that paid tickets. And granted, tickets were high. They were like 30 bucks. That's pretty high. But I thought, there is zero transfer of this into the Christian rap market. There's nobody that I would think of, like when I got saved, the music that I listened to, the Christian rap that I listened to, none of those guys are around. Yeah. Except for maybe a T-Bone who is like in South America right now. You know what I mean? Like, it made me go, why doesn't this transfer to our genre? Like, if I said to you, hey, Grits is coming, how would you feel? My lap, lap. Ooh. So you might kind of know the music. You're like... I've, I've seen them live before at Rock Universe. Like, super little? I'm not no, I was in high school. Okay. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be actively searching for Grits. Please be honest. I would not be actively searching for it at all. But if someone threw out the idea, hey, we should go to a Grits conference... I'd be down. I, or a uh, concert, I would... I would go. So it's it's Just actually be kind of nostalgic to my youth group days. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. So we so that does show that we do have a degree of 
nostalgia for yeah, it, correct? For sure. So now I'm wondering, where's the disconnect? Is the disconnect from the artist? Meaning, is Grits just not pursuing it? You know what I mean? You yeah, know what I mean? Don't even, I don't even Are know. They, or is there just so little of a demand that the handful of promoters that would put on it on are just like, ah! Sorry, I just thought of a completely different band. Go ahead. DC Talk. So it's funny because when I did throw that out, somebody goes, well, DC Talk's coming back. I'm like, <laughs> are they? Well, they are. I mean, look. I grew up on that. <laughs> that is an interesting pose because you could, you could make the case and go, DC Talk is a legacy Christian rap artist. But look, I mean, they did two rap-esque albums and the rest thing after that was just Toby doing a little rap on yeah. other stuff. So I don't know if you could consider that, but you could say they are one of the first legacy acts. The fact that they can come back together, do a cruise, you know what I mean? And like people legit paid money to go on a cruise to see this reunion. But if you would compare DC Talks album sales to a Grits album sales, it's like not even close. Right. You know what I mean? So probably at the end of the day, it still comes down to money and blah, 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 blah. Oh, they do say never meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah. So I know I have some people, I have some friends that are in the mainstream world that are now believers but they still uh, exist in that world so like a guy I've gotten to know over the years is Montel Jordan mm-hmm. you know this is how we do it and he's he's I follow him on Instagram he's in front of thousands just to do that song you know what I mean which shows me like there is a a resurgent for 90s artists right. you know what I mean like these 90s rap tours are filling out arenas you know all these middle-aged women are now going to go see new kids on the block and vanilla ice you know what i mean anyway this is my complaint that has no literally no answer i'm just thinking like i've had a good career i've had a good run it's been 20 years i still do what i do i feel great about my life i don't consider myself a pioneer in the sense of like i was there at the beginning like i'm not i know my role i you know, my era starts 2000 on. But it makes me think, is an Andy Minio, is a Lecrae, is a KB going to be able to do this 20 years from now? I think as a Christian artist, it's only done when God says it's done. Like, it's really up to him. If you really are seeking after his will for what you're doing in your art. Very true. But I wonder, is there going to be a demand 20 years from now for Lecrae when he's 58, pushing 60, 62, to do Jesus music? <laughs> You're already laughing. Wow, haters going to hate. No, I love that song. Pass the hater aid. I love that. That was the first song I heard from him. But I'm just wondering, will he be one of the first artists that could be like a Sugar Hill Gang for our industry 20 plus years from now? Well, it's definitely too early to tell. There's it's no too way, early to tell. No way to know, it's a but I, I mean, I'll be honest. Andy Minio and KB are people that I've like followed a lot, and so they're some of the artists that I really, really like. I've I've been to a few of their concerts, and every time it's been really awesome. So I think. But I'm saying, in 20 years from now, when you're saying. 45, I would I would definitely and go. he's if they were 50 something. Yeah, if they were still are, performing, I would 100 percent go. Okay. Well. Come back to this conversation in 2049. I would definitely. <laughs> we'll still be meeting. If they're, if they're still, 
pumping out music and doing shows, I would still be fine. So I think that begs the question is, is maybe it's going to take this third, fourth generation Christian hip-hop artist who is now finally enjoying the really high level of you know, success yeah. that maybe my generation or the previous generation couldn't have because the market wasn't big enough. Right. Maybe they will be the first ones that can be the legacy acts for this genre. You know? I guess time will tell. I'm going to sign that off.